Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Heather Artis with BlackPearlMinute.com. And I'm Scott Artis from ScottArtis.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 27 of Dead Man's Chest. I'll keep it short today, but I did want to say don't forget we're moving to three days per week, a new schedule. Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, and that's coming next week. Helps keep our sanity, provides a more friendly jumping on point for new listeners, and keeps current listeners caught up given everyone's busy schedules. And the obvious big reason is that we eliminate the three to six month hiatus between movies and seasons. Keeps us going strong all year long. Pirate style. It's what you have to do when you're procrastinators. Walk the plank. In the previous minute, it's all about the balicky licky. Balicky licky. Which means bring me the menu. The special for today is Blacksmith. And of course, we discovered that dear Elizabeth Swan is sadly going to be disappointed on her wedding night, given that Chief Jack Sparrow makes the incredible revelation that the dashing, young, rash, and vibrant Will Turner is a simple eunuch. I wonder if Norrington heard that. <laughs> Norrington's paddling back to Port Royal as fast as possible. Oh my god, I still have a chance. The question is, what does Elizabeth think about that? Hey. She's obviously okay with it. She's in it for the rugged good looks. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter if there's nothing else downstairs. Minute 27 begins with the tribe carrying Will Turner away while chanting boom, shaboom, boom, shaboom, boom, shaboom. Jack, what did you tell them? What about Elizabeth? Jack! The scene cuts back to the candlelit jail at Fort Charles. The minute ends with Governor Swan ushering Elizabeth to a horse-drawn carriage. As she's getting in, the governor says... Perhaps I can ensure a fair trial for Will if he returns. Elizabeth fires back. A fair trial for Will ends in a hanging. Governor begins. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Ah, the, the. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. I'm just going to say it. This is a great minute. Balicky, licky? No. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) That's just just rude. Just because it says it on my new t-shirt here. (laughs) Which they wouldn't let me wear around town. It's, That's a little odd. Yeah, it is a little odd. Dang you, it. you mean they wouldn't let you into your normal joints? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taco Bell, Round <laughs> Table, Panda Express. <laughs> yeah, all the highfalutin places that I dress. There's a dress code, they said. <laughs> Governor shines and excellent character development for him here. That's why I said that it's a great minute. And the set is incredible. I really do love the set going on here. In the jail or in the... The jail. Town. The jail. So your jump is straight to the jail? I Did I say I was jumping? I was just kind of set in the mood. I know, remember we've established before, you hit straight for the action. But I'm uh, doing a little candlelight thing going on here. So it's a great set, you said? 
Yeah. No one. What is what is wrong with you? Do you even know what's going? Are you euphemizing no. it? <laughs> yeah. Euphemism in it. Yeah. Already this early, Already. we're still on the ball, licky licky. Nope. Somewhere else. A great set on Elizabeth. Hey. <laughs> did you see that? Woo! I did see that, but I was going to be the gentleman this time since I was I, I hammered Estrella with it in last season. I figured, you I know really, what? I'm shocked you didn't bring it up. Actually. I wasn't going or to. I was afraid. Going to. I was afraid that, that people might think that's all I was looking for in this minute. And now that we've mentioned it, thanks for joining us today and we'll wrap it up. <laughs> In fact, I got to go look at that minute one more time. There might have been something I overlooked. But no wonder the film was nominated for Best Achievement in Bust. No. (laughs) Art Direction for Rick Heinrichs. Art Director and Cheryl Karasik. She's the set decorator. Oh, okay. Which, if we... brought her up before. I just wanted to mention it again because I mentioned that they got an award. Or they were nominated for it. And we know that they did some airbrushing around the bosom of young Elizabeth Swan. To so make it enhanced. Look like she was poking yeah, up more than... exactly. But not Elizabeth, but Cheryl. She's worked with Johnny Depp before on Edward Scissorhands, The Lone Ranger, and At World's End, in addition to Dead Man's Chest. Elizabeth's Chest. <laughs> we talked... See, now you got me all thinking about it. How am I supposed to get through this episode now? We talked a bit about Heinrich's work the other day regarding the construction of the seaworthy Black Pearl. And now we get a different perspective from a ship. But an expanded view of Fort Charles that we didn't get in Curse of the Black Pearl. By the way, I mean, I guess I should say that our folks here for Dead Man's Chest lost out in that best art direction to Pan's Labyrinth. That was the Oscar winner. You haven't seen it. Okay, good. Good or bad? Well, no, that I, I, it wasn't like I was supposed to remember it then. <laughs> if I haven't seen it. No. So I wasn't supposed to remember You couldn't it. remember. So- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we really want to go down that road? I'm just saying. I wasn't supposed to remember this one because I hadn't seen it. Possibly, yeah. I wouldn't have expected you to remember it. I don't really have anything for Will in this minute. I mean, he's being carried off by the Pelagostos. And Jack seemingly ignoring Will's plea for help. Okay, one thing, which is a nice parallel between Will and Elizabeth. A heaving parallel. As the tribe chants and Will is trying to get Jack's attention, he says, what about Elizabeth? And I thought, yes, what about Elizabeth? (laughs) What about Elizabeth? I had to say it twice because it warrants mentioning twice. (laughs) Will plays the Elizabeth card knowing that Jack may not care what happens to him. But just maybe he has a shred of decency left in him that he would want to help Elizabeth. It sounds sounds decent to me. Right? Keep her from the gallows. Yeah. He's playing on his decency and probably feelings for Elizabeth, too. Yeah. He doesn't want her to be... He doesn't want the reason she goes to the gallows to be him. No. You know, it wouldn't be proper for a pirate guy to send a woman that was helping him to the gallows. Exactly. Unless the gallows was like the name of a hotel or something. Then it's a different story. You got that. The connection is that Will's primary concern is Elizabeth. That's the connection. When the natives are carrying... Will, you see most of them are have spears? Yeah. Well, one in the background has like a coil or spiral on top of his stick. Oh, really? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I didn't I don't know what it was. I didn't look it up. But it, it was almost bed spring like or, you know, kind of sign a Maybe it's some kind you, of spiral thing up there. You can put it into something <laughs> it can't get off. Right? Maybe. 
you got a big slab of meat or something there. You twist it right on there and yeah, start getting off. Yeah. Maybe that's his long pork cooking skewer. skewer. Yeah. And since you messed up my connections parallels that I Sorry. was doing, you jump in with there with your long pork. I didn't want you to move on to. I wasn't moving on. I was just talking about connections. I was just making sure. But see, it's hard to connect things when we have a break in between it. Therefore, it goes against the idea of a connection. I have a call back to the No, <laughs> the connection back in Port Royal be- is like when they're being smuggled out of Fort Charles by her father. Elizabeth's primary concern is not herself, but for Will. So you have, well, that's the parallel. You have Will worried about Elizabeth on the Pelagosto yeah. Island. And you have Elizabeth worried about Will yeah. back at Fort Charles. They're not worried about themselves. They're worried about that. It's like a gift of the Magi thing happening here. Each That's willing normal, to trade their it? freedom so the other may find it. It's normal, isn't it? Well, I mean, in a, kind of. In a normal relationship. Not ours, because I'd be like, hell, damn it. Okay, maybe that was a little too far. <laughs> she gave me the rolling eye. Like, you just made yourself look like an ass over the radio. <laughs> yeah. It's a smart choice, though, to have Will's call to Jack echo during the transition, I thought, when it goes to Fort Charles. Yes. Well, it's a good transition, well, it highlights that connection Brings between us right Will us and Elizabeth. To, right up to Elizabeth. Well, exactly. Like I said, because you probably couldn't hear it over what I said. It, it's that connection. It highlights that connection between Will and Elizabeth. <laughs> also a bit haunting because it's not a transition to a happy place. It goes from one dire situation to another. Although, if given the choice, I prefer Port or Royal. You know, Fort y- Charles. The jail, yeah. Prison over Pelagosos. Yeah. The roasting pot there. But hey, teach their own. Yes. Snuggle up against those bags. <laughs> There's a callback to the Curse of Black Pearl here. What? The prisoners are whistling for the You're dog. You're already jumping oh, in there? Oh, no, not the dog. They're whistling for Elizabeth. That's a good thing you bring up, and I liked it. <laughs> I went a little bit deeper into this, though. Did you hear they said, closer, closer, we don't bite? Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know if I believe them. They look like biters. <laughs> You you would know. know. You should know. (laughs) As I was saying, though, I went deeper than just the obvious look of things. Just the the outer shell of this moment. There's a couple of misdirections in this minute. The use of the jail cell to conceal the payoffs as the camera pans or someone steps into the frame kind of deal here. Yeah. That's where all this misdirection happens. And I'm always a sucker for the iconic ride reference. Even at this time, like you were saying, Elizabeth takes the place of the dog. Shame on them. (laughs) We're all about treating women with proper respect here. Yes. Pirate respect. As long as you respect the dog, it's okay. Exactly. Some dogs are treated better than women. And my silence means I don't know what to say without getting myself in trouble. So I'll just keep going. It's nice camera work because, well, they're using the set to conceal the gags. Which is not just a callback to the ride, but to the original Pirates of the Caribbean movie, too. How often do these prisoners get some charming young woman in a wedding gown in the cell next to them? Never. Exactly. They never even get a woman in general in there, I would Im- I would imagine. Well, I don't think so. Hardly ever. I, I mean, if at all. You don't know how long they've been in there, though. Yeah, but I'm just saying. You're like, I can tell by the look of these guys, they have no game. Is that what you're saying? No. A, no, a woman in the jail cell. I know what you're saying, but you... Saying that they just don't get women, I can imagine. No, I didn't say they just didn't get women. I'm saying in the jail cell. The second misdirection, because this conversation is going nowhere, is when the guard opens the cell door as if he is coming to retrieve Elizabeth. Then her father steps into view. That's surprise number two. Yeah. So let me recap for Heather, since she really wasn't paying attention to anything I just said. You have the 
prisoners first that we're getting that look there it gives us that idea that thing that we're thinking oh it's the dog that they're calling trying to get the key yeah and then they pan the camera comes around the corner and we see it's elizabeth the other one is the camera's behind in the cell we don't see the full thing we don't see governor swan there and he pops out right two misdirections yes mentioned in the beginning though i can't be the only one in love with the long hallway shots here the whole set there's a couple of them at different angles. One straight on and the other is this wide shot of the whole corridor here. It's so emblematic of what Will and Elizabeth are up against. I mean, she is not just escaping a rinky-dink jail here, but the magnitude of it. A handful of people lost in the bureaucracy is kind of the deal here. The politics of things and a few individuals against the Crown and the East India Company. Just puts Elizabeth in perspective in this giant corridor and these long hallways of fort charles and she's fighting the system you know and such a heavy corridor and everything too you know the, the scenery all around is just really heavy it's and just it brings all, stone, it all yeah. yeah that's what i'm saying the bars the stone it's just so emblematic of her fight to try and her situation you know the fight to party because she's got a fight for her right to party. <laughs> Elizabeth is obviously not happy about this. She's thinking this will just make things worse. You know, with her father. Oh, I thought you were talking about Will. I said, I thought you meant this will. Nah, the wills. I paused too long. Damn it. <laughs> she tells her dad that Will's gone off to find Jack. That's the whole thing. It's all about this lost trust. The telling response and back to our discussion a few episodes back is the governor saying we cannot count on Will Turner. Yeah. Firstly, he's still prim and proper calling her fiancé William Turner, though. Did you notice that? Yeah. It's not Will. No. It's William Turner. He's, he's very... Well, he was raised to be prim and proper. Is it possible this is just his class position shining through? Or could it be he just doesn't see Will as part of the family? Or a good match for Elizabeth? Even after he saved her from curse... Not... Well, from the curse, or you could say that. Saved her in Curse of the Black Pearl. It's an interesting and telling dynamic, I think, about their relationship. He it's is, still formal. Well, he is not good enough for Elizabeth in Dad's eyes. Well, that just makes me go back to what we were talking about before. I think, really, when he was silent and we were trying to maybe guess what it was, he's he's really just not into Will. He doesn't trust him at all. Well, that and he's not the right... In, her, in Governor Swan's eyes, he's not the right person for her. You know, he's not good enough for her, basically. Yeah. But he's not going to deny Elizabeth her happiness. happiness. Yeah. But he's not going to just he go has along for her. the ride, though. I mean, he's going along with it, but he's making himself known that he's this not. just isn't yeah. what he was happy with. Yeah. Voicing his opinion, yeah. basically. And sometimes voicing it without saying anything. Yeah. Secondly, he blatantly says that they can, well, they can't count on Will. Like you said, he didn't respond to Will earlier when confronted with the question of trusting Will. And now we get that candid answer, though. It's blatant here. Yeah. Thirdly, there's still the father protecting his daughter. His concern is not Will. It's a man who sailed off to who knows where. And, you know, the, he may not come back. He may not find Jack at all. He may just flat out turn pirate. Well, that's the thing. I mean, so his best option, at least for the governor, is to pull some strings and get Elizabeth out of immediate danger. Tackle the short-term stuff and then deal with the long-term next. Right. It's like our government. It's like companies, always dealing in the short-term. Working for the next board meeting as opposed to board meetings down the road. Exactly. When Elizabeth steps up to defend Will, Governor says, Oh, please, this is no time for innocence. 
You know, I don't necessarily think he's playing the naive card with her that will use Beckett to save himself and has no intention of never or ever coming back. But more so that finding an individual pirate is not an easy task. But then again, he just said he doesn't trust Will. Probably sees him as a pirate and basically does not trust any pirate out there. That's kind of my deal. Well, yeah. Whether it's Will or not. Right. We know he doesn't like pirates. He doesn't trust them at all. No matter what. If they just did good, the governor's okay with saying, well, okay, thanks for that. But you're still a pirate and you're going to hang. Right. I mean, he never takes like this whole package into account. And he can't get past the outside wrapper. That's the whole deal with the governor here. Because it was difficult to find somebody... In the 18th century. It's not like there's GPS or tracking or anything like that. Right. Nor names. I mean, you could change your name in the blink of an eye for crying out loud. Unless just you disappear. were Jack Sparrow. Even he could do it if he wanted to. He could say he was somebody else. I mean, it would. it's pretty easy to go away. And that's the thing. So does Governor think that Will is just taking Beckett's offer and then he's really just escaping himself? Or does he think that it's more likely that he's just never going to be able to find Jack out in this big world? That or he's never going to return. Yeah, but... Or it's going to be a long time before he returns. Well, that's the thing. So it could be a long time before he does and there's no time to waste. Yeah. Well, he doesn't want to see his daughter in this prison anyway. Yeah. But there's also the big reason about being innocent when that pops up at the end of the minute. There's only one pardon, actually. Which is promised to Jack. Yeah. Whether or not Beckett honors his agreement, as of right now, there's a single pardon in hand. It's not like Beckett has three pardons waiting to be signed. He just has one. Yeah. It's not like there's a lot of options here. Governor just doesn't trust Beckett either. He knows that even bureaucracy is not easy to navigate or deal with, let alone get two more freaking pardons. Right. A bird in the hand kind of idiom here. Why take the chance and potentially watch Elizabeth get executed? When he can just get her out and deal with the bureaucracy later. Right. Which is a great line and kind of this reasoning on the governor's part because he turns right around and tries to sell Elizabeth the same week story. Let's get you out of here and safe and then I will see what I can do for Will. You know, a fair trial. Yeah. There's no mention of governor trying to get a pardon for Will there, but a trial. He doesn't say, oh, let's try and get Will a pardon after you get out of here. No, he says a fair trial. Yeah. He's trying to, like, rub this guy out maybe in a roundabout he, way. Well, maybe he can't get a pardon. He could try. Well, yeah. He but... doesn't even tell Elizabeth that he's going to try. She wouldn't know. He's not, like, saying, hey, honey, let's get you out of here. Knowing that she's kind of fighting this. Yeah. He could at least give her that lip service and say, yeah, I'm going to really try and get a pardon for Will. I'll go to work on it right away. Right after Estrella tucks me in with my bed warmer. Right? Maybe he only tells the truth to his daughter. That's possible, but what kind of father is that? What kind of father are you if you only tell the truth? Come on, (laughs) let's lie it up out there, people. But that's the thing. And then he turns around and says the same thing that he was just trying to convince her of earlier. And that's what I think is kind of the hypocrisy of it. The kind of tongue-in-cheek moment of it. Plus, there's no such thing as a fair trial for a supposed pirate anyways. Right. But again, he's not concerned about Elizabeth here. He's just concerned... Or... (laughs) He's just concerned about Elizabeth. He's not concerned about Will. Oh, no. Not at all. But Elizabeth sees through it anyways. I mean, again, this first priority for him is to get Elizabeth out of here. And he'd say or promise almost anything at this stage. And why not? I mean, his job is to protect her at all costs, not Will Turner. Right. So that's the the dealio. This minute was so powerful in regards to her characters. And I like that the governor was able to step up with more commanding parts and presence than he was in the previous movie. Yeah, he's got a um, 
he's really grown in this movie. He's become a more strong person and not so much behind like he was behind Norrington with things in the first movie. Yeah, behind the cabins, closed cabin doors, the yeah, captain's yeah, yeah, quarters, yeah, yeah, yeah. just fighting a pirate skeleton right. hand. He was he's now like actually doing stuff and going behind the crown, if you will. Yeah. And what's interesting is I mentioned this before, he's almost becoming a pirate himself by doing something behind the back of the crown and doing against what his position would have him uphold as the law. Yeah. Well, you know, it's ask, act now and ask forgive, for forgiveness later. Exactly. Good words to live by. But this is all, like, all this misdirection. I mean, this is why this minute and why I like it, it has all this misdirection. I mean, it's from beginning to end. Jack is misdirecting the situation with Will. He's playing along with the cannibals so he can get himself saved. We have the writers teasing us about the jail dog reference, only to be Elizabeth, the prisoners are whistling for. The guard entering the cell... As I mentioned, turns out to be Governor exercising his authority, breaking her out of jail. And then finally, Governor telling Elizabeth not to be naive and innocent. Your ideal of saving Will is not how the world really works. I mean, yet he himself pulls the same story on Elizabeth regarding Will getting a fair trial, or hopefully will get one. So I think this was like this really incredible misdirection minute Yeah. for the movie. All kinds of stuff going on with that. I'd really like to see the writing process of Terry and Ted, how they weave all this stuff in. And make all this just kind of come together. It's pretty brilliant, actually, to have a script come together this intricate. Right. Where there's so many parts moving. that Because this just doesn't happen by accident. It's like, you have to have all that. And then also comes together with Gore Verbinski and making that a realization. But it really is interesting how all the characters at this one moment in time are all doing some kind of misdirection thing. And that's what I think is the brilliant part of it. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. It's kinda, it is. And that's stuff that you don't really think about or see no. unless you're breaking it down no, a minute at you, a time. No, you wouldn't. You you don't think about it at all until, like you said, you're breaking it down and looking at it like we are. Yeah, because it's from small little gag jokes and things like that to big plot points and character arcs and development that are happening all under this umbrella of misdirection, which I thought was pretty cool. So misdirection, that's all I have for this minute, because I was really focused on misdirection. The misdirection that Elizabeth was pulling on my eyes throughout this whole minute. <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, that is what happened. It's like, oh my God, was I supposed to have other notes? <laughs> so that's all I have. Do you have anything else? Nope, that's it for me. So now we can all have uh, sugar plums dancing in our head. Yeah, sugar plums, that's it. So we all wrap up this day. <laughs> okay. Something like Sugar that. Sugar plums or a little munch on long meat. Ah! Or... Long meat? What are you talking about? It's long pork. <laughs> what is your fascination with long meat? You said this before. I don't understand what's going on here. There's long pork because and then there's long meat. I... These are completely separate things going on here. Because I think of pork as actual pig pork. Not hey, humans. Don't try to justify so your I'm just, answer. I'm just generalizing the type of meat as... So not only did you bring up long meat, you're the one who brought meat. up Elizabeth as well in her bust. So that's all I have to say. I was the good one today. She's the one who obviously has her mind on a pirate ship. No. We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 28 of Dead Man's Big Chest. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show. 
and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.